You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. Thank you for listening so much. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the beautiful metropolis of Orlando, Florida. And I'm excited about today's episode. This is episode 53, and I'm going to be interviewing uh, executive editor at Desiring God, David Mathis, talking about habits of grace, also known as spiritual disciplines. That's really exciting. We're going to dive into that in just a moment. I'm excited to announce that over the last several weeks, we've had a huge spike in our regular listeners, and I've said this in previous episodes, it's incredible to think about that literally just a few weeks ago, it felt like I had just a handful of my friends listening, and now we have crossed over into the threshold of literally thousands of regular listeners, which is incredibly humbling to me, so thank you again to all of you. We've also had a bunch of people leave some great reviews, so Thank you. Uh, I do want to just uh, say welcome to anyone who is new to the podcast. Maybe you've never listened. Maybe this is your your first uh, time listening. Maybe you stumbled across on Twitter or Facebook. I want to say welcome. Thank you for being here. If you like the show, uh, do me a huge favor. Maybe you're listening to this on the website. Um, right under the browser, right under the player, you should see a little button that says subscribe on iTunes or subscribe on Android. Do me a huge favor. Can you click one of those buttons, whichever one applies to you? And uh, would you subscribe to the podcast? That does two things. One, it guarantees that every episode gets delivered directly to you. So if you stumbled across this episode, uh, the likelihood of stumbled, stumbling across another might not be very high. If you subscribe, it guarantees that it gets delivered directly to your device in whatever podcast app you are using. Number two, when you hit that subscribe button, it really helps us out a ton. It literally uh, pushes us up the search ranking. So the more subscriptions we have and the more reviews we have, it pushes us up the search ranking. So people when searching, uh, when they're searching topics like or words like uh, theology or God or Bible, uh, we are further up the search rankings, which means more people will see us and we'll reach more people. So you hitting the subscription button literally helps us get the message of the gospel and the truth that we're teaching in episode after episode out to more people. So if you head over, hit that subscribe button, that would be a really, really big deal. Hey, so thanks again for listening. We're going to dive in. I'm really, really excited about uh, today's guest. I'm going to be interviewing David Mathis. He's the executive editor for Desiring God. Uh, that is a ministry that surely many of you are probably very familiar with. If you're not, I highly encourage you to head over to DesiringGod.org. Check it out. A great ministry that's been an incredible blessing to my life. Uh, obviously, a huge part of that is the teachings of John Piper. David Mathis started at Desiring God back in 2003. Literally started answering the phones. That was his first role there. And over the years has worked his way up to now being the executive editor. And he obviously plays a, a huge role in that ministry. Uh, David Mathis is also a pastor at Cities Church in the Minneapolis region. He also happens to serve as an adjunct professor for Bethlehem College and Seminary. Some of you who have been regular listeners for several weeks may remember that back in episode 20, I actually interviewed a current student at the school, Mary Butler. It was a fantastic interview where she talked about the idea of regret versus repentance. That was episode 20. I want to highly encourage you to go check that out. So obviously, I'm a big fan of the school and many of the things happening at the school. So I'm really excited for you uh, to hear from a guy like David Mathis. Uh, he is the author of a recent book called The Habits of Grace, Enjoying Jesus 
through the spiritual disciplines. And we're going to talk quite a bit with David about the topic of spiritual disciplines. And he explains why he doesn't really like the title spiritual disciplines. He, he likes to call them habits of grace. It was a really great interview. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So without further ado, my interview with David Mathis. Welcome to the show, David Mathis. David, how you feeling today, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you very much, Kenny. It's an honor to be here with you. Man, it's an absolute privilege and honor. Uh, I've had uh, a few other guys from the Crossway label, and uh, I actually had a student um, at at Bethlehem who was on the podcast a few weeks ago. And um, so I'm a big fan of the the family there and what you guys do, and I'm excited to have you on the show. I'm excited about your new book. I have not had the opportunity to read it yet, but I get a chance to read through the summary and kind of understand what it's about. And you're talking about the idea that there's spiritual disciplines. Uh, certainly the idea of spiritual disciplines is a topic that is familiar to a lot of us in our Western contemporary Christian circles. It's definitely a topic that is often talked about, kind of made famous by that book by Richard Foster, Celebration of Discipline. Uh, but you know, but in my correspondence as a youth pastor over the last decade, uh, David, I've I've had a lot of young people kind of confused about what is a spiritual discipline, and and if I'm honest, oftentimes people fall into some forms of legalism when it comes to spiritual disciplines, feeling like they have to do this, this, or this in order to get God to love them more, to feel closer to God. And so I'd love to give you the time to kind of spend talk about what is a spiritual discipline and why does that really matter to us as believers. Yeah, thank you, Kenny. Spiritual disciplines is not my favorite term for it. Uh, I think it's very open to misunderstanding. <laughs> we do use the word spiritual disciplines in the subtitle of the book, Enjoying Jesus Through the Spiritual Disciplines, because uh, the publisher thought it was important to identify this book you know, with the genre of spiritual disciplines literature. Uh, but one of the things I have to say there is it, it's not my favorite term personally. I think you can you can define it in such a way that it is thoroughly and utterly biblical, and then I'm very happy with the term if it's defined properly. However, a lot of people who have talked about spiritual disciplines over the years have have done so in semi or distantly Christian ways. I mean, in and of itself, the term spiritual disciplines doesn't necessitate Christianity or even, you know, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, or the Christian gospel, or the person of Jesus. And so I like to be more uh, explicit a term that I that I appreciate because it has a long history in Christianity is means of grace. And I guess that could be open to misunderstanding too. By grace, I mean the grace of the one Trinitarian God through Jesus brought to us by his Holy Spirit to be received by faith. And the reason I love thinking of it as means of grace is one aspect of that is from the very outset, hopefully it helps us guard against that spirit of legalism that can creep in so easily as we try to put our own human efforts in the place and source of energy in a way that they cannot be put in the place of God's own working. So when we talk about the means of grace, we're talking about what means can I take? What things can I do? Me, little human, creature, sinful, (laughs) saved by grace and being redeemed, what little actions can I take to unleash the flow of God's grace or continue the flow of God's grace in my life. And so one example I like to give for people is switches and faucets. (laughs) Think about a switch, uh, a light switch. When I walk into my kitchen in the morning and I flick on the light switch, I don't say, I did it! I turned the lights on! Aren't I great? Look at me, look at my effort, look what I did. I turned the lights on, woohoo! No, I don't. (laughs) I'm thankful 
that the city of Minneapolis supplies the power, yeah. and that an electrician did his job to wire my house properly. And so when I flip the switch, I'm just releasing the power. I didn't do that. Mm. My flipping the switch is just a means to allow the power to be released by a source greater than me outside myself. In the same way when I turn on the, the spigot, the faucet, <laughs> I didn't put the water there. I'm not the city that puts it there. I'm not the plumber. <laughs> who did something beyond my capacity when he did the plumbing in my house. I'm just releasing the flow of grace, so to speak. And that's not a perfect illustration, but that's that the kind of way that I want people to think about the spiritual disciplines or the means of grace. And then what I'd like to talk about in this book is the habits of grace. Habits of grace, then, are what things we can do, what kind of habits we can build into our life so that God's means of grace are regularly flowing into our life. And, and one thing I like to help people with uh, is that distinction between means of grace and habits of grace on the one hand, and then simplifying what those means are so that we can get our bearings right in how we create our own innovative, uh, distinct to our personality and community and season and life and history habits for our lives. So first on that distinction between uh, means and habits means are, I have in mind the principles, God's principles revealed in his word as to how he loves to supply ongoing power for the Christian life. And then habits are the little things I do, like the, the, the personalized ways that I find out through trial and error, through, through creativity, through conversations with a friend or a spouse, or things that I pick up in my particular Christian community. Uh, my little ways of, of going about regularly accessing those, those channels of grace, those means of grace. And one thing that I, I think can be a burden on Christians when we talk about the spiritual disciplines is we think about this long list. And some books on the spiritual disciplines are a long list of disciplines. It's like, oh, I need to be fasting and reading my Bible and studying my Bible and meditating on the Bible. I need to pray alone and pray on the go, and I need to also pray uh, with others, and I need to be uh, memorizing God's Word. I need to be going on these spiritual retreats to get silence and solitude, and evangelism is a discipline. I need to do that, and there's a discipline of stewardship and my time and my money, and on and on and on. Journaling, got to throw journaling in there. Right. Next thing you know, you got more than 24 hours a day of stuff to be doing <laughs> so that you check the box on your spiritual disciplines. It's overwhelming, and sometimes people feel the guilt of, uh, I don't even have time to do my normal life I'm called to, and I'm, I'm, I'm carrying around with me this sense of guilt that I didn't get my spiritual disciplines done. So uh, one, one thing I found helpful is to, to think through this concept with the means of grace, which is, is higher than spiritual disciplines. In, in my way of thinking, habits of grace is kind of the, the corresponding term to spiritual disciplines. The term means of grace then gets above and beyond the disciplines or habits to say, what is God doing? How is God supplying this? How is God setting the terms? How is God providing the framework, the structure, the energy for the whole enterprise? So that spiritual disciplines or habits of grace doesn't start with me. My habits are in response to what God has revealed about he loves to, how he loves to do it. And then I think, it's one of the things I'd like to contribute in the book, is I do think that you can helpfully summarize God's means of grace in three aspects, three channels of his grace, three general means of his grace. And I like to summarize those as hearing his voice, having his ear, 
and belonging to his body. And maybe you hear there, it's, that's word, that's prayer, that's fellowship. When I say hearing his voice, I don't mean go out in the woods and wait for yourself to whisper to yourself. The voices in your head are not God. The voices in your head are you. <laughs> the voices in the Bible are God. So when I say hearing God's voice, I mean in his word, in the entirety of his word, inspired, inerrant, infallible, incarnate in the person of Jesus, spoken in the gospel, written in the scripture. So hearing his voice is about having the reality of his word come into our lives in various ways. And I'm not just talking about personal devotions in the morning, not just talking about sitting under preaching. I'm talking about all of that. Our reading, whether that's reading in a book, uh, and it's a way of, of having mediated biblical teaching come to us, or reading articles online, or listening to a podcast, or listening to scripture read aloud through a version app on your phone, or having gospel-rich conversations with friends. These are, these are different ways, different habits to bring into your life so that, that God's word is saturating your life. That's the first one, hearing God's word. The second one is having his ear. That's just my way of talking about prayer. And that prayer is always a response to God. He always speaks first in his word. And then we respond in prayer. Prayer is a conversation with God, but it's not a conversation between two old buddies who are utterly peer in every aspect. It is a conversation that the creator starts and that I, a creature, in his awesome grace, am invited into. It's, it's an amazing thing that the creator who reveals himself in his word would stop and stoop and bend his ear and want to hear from me, a creature. Yeah. It's an amazing thing to have the ear of God. So we hear his voice and his word. We have his ear in prayer. And then third, the corporate context is essential. We belong to the body of Christ. And the more formal, the more committed that is in a particular local church manifestation, the better. <laughs> God does this. Means of grace come in community. We hear his voice in community. We can read the Bible ourselves and, and hear his voice in the scriptures, but also have in the community. And then prayer. The high point of prayer, it, it, essential as individual prayer is, the high point of prayer is praying in community, mm. where we hear the longings and desires of others. And our own prayer life is given all this rich, richness and texture from the input of other people as we pray together and unite our hearts together before God. So word, prayer, fellowship. Those are the three main channels. Those are the three means of grace. And then what I hope to inspire Christians to do in this book is for them to think innovatively, creatively, uh, in their community, in their season of church history, with what media and technology is available to them. That Think about how you can create your own habits of grace in your life, daily life, weekly life, that would then access these three channels of God's grace in his word, prayer, and fellowship. Man, this is some, David, incredible thoughts. I love love how you kind of redefine, for me, you know, the spiritual disciplines. I think your even your verbiage and your terminology makes it less likely for me to kind of fall into legalism. I, I take that back. I'm, I have a propensity for legalism every day. So <laughs> let's, I, I don't want to make it seem like, like I'm not, but, but I, I think your terminology is very helpful um, in, in really understanding the means of grace and the habits of grace is simply a, a small, th I mean, I, I, you said to me, you felt like your metaphor wasn't great. I loved the idea that that metaphor of switch in a faucet. I think that's a great metaphor and, and really then breaking it down in those three buckets, you know, the idea of having, you know, hearing God's voice, having his ear and then belonging to his body, being a part of the, you know, the community of God. Um, I, I think those are three great buckets and I agree with you. Um, 
if there are young adults listening to this or anyone listening to this of any kind, I mean, we can we can find creative ways, particularly with the technology we have available today that, that was didn't exist. We have so many resources to be creative. It's actually not that hard to, to right. come up with maybe some of our own habits of grace. Um, I'd love to ask you, Dave, maybe maybe one or two habits of grace in your life that maybe maybe are a little unique, um, if you don't mind sharing that maybe, you know, someone else may not have thought about. Oh, here's, here's a couple that's fresh. This is just right off the front burner. Um, I, I'd listen to the Bible read through my version app on my phone when I jog. So I, I try to jog three or four mornings a week. First, first thing when I get up, this is a habit I've created. I mean, a quick little word about habits. Uh, the reason that habits are so important to the human mind, to the human existence, is because when we create habits, we're not constantly uh, using the the limited bandwidth or focus of our brain to make decisions over and over. Like, well, am I going to exercise today? Am I going to? Am I going to? You know, it's, it's noon. Am I going to eat today? Habits are we've created patterns and rhythms of life where the decision is already made for us. And so when you create a habit, like when you wake up in the morning and you think every other day I'm going <laughs> to get on the treadmill, I'm going to listen to the Bible, and then the other day I'm just going to go downstairs and open my Bible and read my Bible. When you create those habits, you don't wake up every morning saying, hmm, let me make a decision. Am I going to read my Bible today or not? Or you know, as you sit down to a meal saying, are we going to pray and thank God for this food or not? Rather, we create a habit over time so that we do those things the decisions that we don't need to revisit over and over and over again those are built into our life and habits and then my hope is in the habit we can focus on the main thing instead of thinking about my technique instead yeah. of thinking about my tech my skill how am i going to do this you know i'm thinking about me as i engage in the act rather the habits free me now to focus on the main thing enjoying Jesus, knowing Jesus, focusing on Jesus, seeing glimpses of His glory, which is how we're transformed. We're not transformed by focusing our minds on growth. We don't grow by focusing on growth. We grow by focusing on Jesus. <laughs> Beholding the glory of Christ, we are being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. Uh, that's 2 Corinthians 3.18. Back to personal habits. So uh, when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to be making decisions first thing in the morning when I'm groggy. I make bad decisions. I hit snooze. <laughs> or I, I choose to just eat something unwise instead of like feeding first on God's Word. So I want to create habits like that. And one of the habits I've been working on is uh, running three to four days a week and listening to Bible while I run. So that, that's one kind of unique way or one way to use media to hear God's Word. And I, I'm also going to be reading God's Word, studying God's Word, but hearing it read has a certain power. I notice things when I'm hearing it read that I don't notice otherwise. Like, for instance, uh, going through this Bible reading plan, listening just yesterday morning to the Bible read, I'm listening through Leviticus, all right? Like, it doesn't get any harder than Leviticus, right? right. Maybe some genealogies in Chronicles, but Leviticus is about as tough as it gets. And he's giving these laws, and over and over again, I am the Lord your God. He gives another law, seems obscure to us, to, you know, 4,000 years later, and then I'm the Lord your God. Over and over again, this uh, I hear the repetition of I am the Lord your God in a way that I don't hear it when I'm just reading it. Right. And so there are aspects of God's Word that I'm picking up as I hear the Bible read. Uh, another one is audiobooks in the car. Now, honestly, I'm a sports fan. 
I love listening to 1500 ESPN radio here in the Twin Cities. I like keeping up on my Twins, my Vikings. Honestly, I'm not a huge T-Wolves fan. Or, and I'm, I'm trying to, over time, get myself into the Minnesota Wild. That's hockey. I grew up in South Carolina. I didn't grow up with hockey. But I'm trying to learn to be Minnesotan. But especially right now in this season, this short little season between Vikings and Twins, I'm really trying to hit the audiobooks hard. <laughs> so I, I would, this morning, the last, the last uh, I guess week and a half or two, I've been listening into the car, in the car to John Piper's book, A Hunger for God, which is about fasting. And he, I have a chapter on fasting and Habits of Grace, but I am nowhere close to having learned everything I need to know about fasting. There's a lifetime of learning ahead of me. I've read John's book before, but I've never listened to it. And I'm gaining immense benefit from listening to the audiobook in the car. So that's, a, that's another habit of grace. Uh, and another thing you can think about that's a, it's a habit is uh, who are you listening to in social media? Like we make choices when we decide who we follow, who we friend on Facebook, because when you scroll through a timeline, that, that's, those are voices that are coming into your head. It's a great point. And, uh, you can select the voices that you're going to be listening to regularly, or you, know, you can organize those in different channels. So if you want to hear uh, liberal, unbelieving voices, which can be a good thing to engage thought out there, to be hearing what other people are saying about the world, about the presidential election or whatever it is, maybe create your own channel that you can listen to there. But, but think carefully about you know, what, what kind of voices are you allowing into your life on a regular basis? Like as you're, as you're going through the habit of just checking your phone or checking timeline status updates, what voices are you hearing? Is there anyone there who's mediating God to you? Is there anyone who has a big picture of God, a picture of salvation, a picture of Jesus? Are they saying tasty, attractive things about God and his word and all reality through the lens of who God is? Or is it like a Kardashian who is giving you their vision of the world over and over again through their whatever it would be? Or some other person, Donald Trump or whoever it would be who's, who's out there on Twitter. I, unfortunately, I, I don't do a great job of following key people on Twitter. I, I keep to my community. I, I really want to hear Christian voices. However, I would say uh, you can hear Christian voices on social media and be able to create a way to still be able to engage with the world, hear how people are processing reality outside of your bubble. And, uh, and that's another thing you can think about related to social media. Man, this is a really great thought. I'm just literally thinking right now, as you were saying that, I'm thinking about all of the voices, as you put it so well, that I've allowed into my life, that if I'm really rationally considering it, if I'm really like, vetting it well, I probably would not have chosen all of those voices to be speaking into my life. But here I am. I've kind of passively allowed them to speak into my life. And so that's some really great, great thoughts, David. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I really, really appreciate that. Man, this was some really great content. Anyone listening to this that likes what David's saying, I want to highly encourage you uh, head over to Amazon or wherever books, wherever you, you pick up your books uh, and get his book. It's called Habits of Grace. It's David Mathis, and it's from Crossway Publishers. Um, I am very confident this book's going to have an impact in your life. In fact, I am literally purchasing a copy right now as I'm as I'm recording this. I'm on website purchasing a copy. So, David, uh, thank you so much. If anyone listening to this would like to connect with you, um, you know, for, for whatever reason they want to remain connected with you, what's the best way for someone to do that? 
Well, I'm hearing voices through Twitter. I'm trying to, trying to guard that and be careful about it. But if you'd like to connect with me uh, on Twitter, it's David C. Mathis on Twitter. Mathis is M-A-T-H-I-S, David C. Mathis. We will have links to David's book on the website, on our website as well as his Twitter info over on the show notes for this episode at TheologyForTheRestOfUs.com. David Mathis, thank you again for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Kenny. It was an honor to be with you. And there you have it. That was my interview with David Mathis, executive editor at Desiring God. Really, really enjoyed that. I hope that was helpful and insightful for you. hope that was encouraging to you. And I want you to walk away remembering that the grace and the love of God is way more abundant and way more available to you than you may have ever realized. You don't have to do anything to earn it but you have the opportunity to develop rhythms in your life and to to use some of the the technologies in your life and some of the infrastructure of your life to reintroduce yourself to the gospel every single day so that you can continually enjoy His grace. What a great truth and some great wisdom from David Mathis. So I want to highly encourage you, get a copy of the book. When we had done the interview, uh, when we first did it several weeks ago, I had not yet read the book, but since then, I've gotten a copy of it, been able to thumb through it, read a few chunks of it, and have really, really been encouraged by it, and, and some great insights. So again, when I, I would encourage you to head over to Amazon, get a copy of the book, Habits of Grace. If you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you are subscribed so every episode gets delivered directly to you. If you have a question or a topic that you'd like to have directly addressed on the podcast, please feel free to shoot me an email and I promise that we will address every single email that we get. The email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. If you'd like to connect with me, the best place to do that is actually on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. <laughs>